welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite coworker, who unfortunately is not sitting next to me this week. Uh, we're <laughs> broadcasting. I'm from L- I'm in LA. Robert's in the cold Reno. I have a nice 80 degree weather day. But Robert, how are you doing today? Yeah, exactly. I, I if I feel <laughs> and it sound a little bit ornery, it's exactly that. I uh, I sure do prefer. Uh, uh, you know, doing episodes, uh, you know, side by side next to you in a nice warm offense, uh, you know, o- overlooking either a bay or, uh, you know, some sort of marina. But uh, as it is, here we are. And I'm just grateful to uh, share this time with you here as we're just days away from Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. And I had planned this entire episode to be solely Super Bowl focused. We uh-huh. touched on the game last week. We're going to briefly touch on it this week again, but we're, we're going to focus mostly on props. But Robert, I I flew back from New Jersey last night. I landed in LAX. It was about 9.45. Turn on my phone because obviously I don't pay for Wi-Fi. And when I'm on the plane, I just like to relax. I don't want to hear from the outside world. I just want to be in the air. So I turn on my phone and just nothing but instant alerts and text messages. And I'm like, hold on. I need to like figure out which thing to open first. And I just literally, it was the one first time I didn't care that I was the last person to exit the plane because I needed that time to like process what went through in the NBA last night. So where do you want to start with this? Kevin Durant is now a son, Russell Westbrook. He's temporarily a, U- a Utah Jazz. He's probably going to get released any second now. We have D'Angelo Russell making return to the Lakers. What to make of what ha- what transpired last night, Robert? Yeah, seriously, yeah. Uh... Uh, with the Super Bowl coming up just uh, days away, like I said, NBA said, "Hold my beer and uh, watch this." Uh, yeah, yeah, we were we were discussing with our colleagues about uh, you know what do we do with the future pool odds for the LA Lakers uh, once they got a hold of uh, D'Angelo Russell, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, here you know probably look to probably cut the number in half at least. I don't know what their ceiling would be. I don't know if I mean they, you know clearly they're going to have a bit of an uphill battle to even make it to the Western Conference Finals. And then the Nets deal Durant to the Suns, and then the Lakers number doesn't matter anymore because they're not getting past the Suns. No. Um, that was one that I feel is, you know, a, a real blockbuster to to discuss, Ali. Uh, what do you think the Sun ceiling is now? I am not as optimistic as most people are because between Chris Paul, I think he's 38 years old, Kevin Durant, 34 years old. It's not just their age that worries me. It's their injury history that worries me, Robert. Hey, fully healthy. This team should be deservedly so the favorites to win the NBA championship. But I don't know how they stay healthy. And I'm not being a pessimistic about it. And I don't wish anyone get injured. But they have a history, Chris Paul's a history all the time of getting injured in the postseason. Kevin Durant most famously got injured when the Warriors played the Raptors in the postseason. He's missed many games this year. He had to miss a whole season two years ago. I think that on paper, it looks amazing. It looks great. But Robert, I just don't see this team staying staying healthy. How about you? Yeah, that's it. clearly the only thing that's going to stop them from, you know, I guess, making it into the NBA Finals. Uh, you know, it's to me, if I look at the Western Conference, it's it's going to come down to uh, Denver, probably with the L.A. Clippers. 
uh, now the Suns, and if they're healthy, Ali, I, I think I think we'll probably see the Suns in the Western Conference Finals at least. Um, we had them at twenty-two to one uh, just prior to the deadline, and uh, I kept cutting them down and down and down until uh, I, I just simply wasn't getting any more bets. Where did that number stop? It stopped at five to one. Wow. Uh, and that's only uh, the, the only teams that are ahead of them right now is the uh, well, there's one. It's the Boston Celtics. Yeah. And if I'm a, a Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks fan or a Boston Celtics fan, and I just saw Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant leave the Eastern Conference, I'm spinning in circles right now joyously. <laughs> I know our CEO. <laughs> right. Uh, it definitely changes the landscape of the playoffs. No question about it. Let's just go on the presumption, Robert. They all stay healthy. Yes, this team, I don't see getting stopped. I don't see Kawhi and the Clippers stopping them. I don't see Jokic and the Nuggets stopping them, even with a healthy Jamal Murray. I don't even see the Mavericks even getting close with Kyrie and and Luka, even though I do like that pairing, and I'm in the minority in that. But let me ask you this. Again, we're under the presumption that the Suns are completely healthy. Who in the West challenges them the most? Who would they not want to see in the finals? This is this is fantastic because I just thought of all the teams that are probably contenders in the West, and I forgot about the the Dallas Mavericks, who also probably have. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I honestly I don't even know if they even have a Western Conference final ceiling any longer. Uh, there's not much resistance uh, for the Suns at this point. I, I really don't see it. Um, it. It's it's going to probably be coming down to. The Suns facing either one of the trifecta of Clippers, Warriors. I, I'll say Nuggets. Mm. Right, one of one of those three is who the Suns will face in the Western Conference Finals. In my eyes, yeah. And if I'm in the Eastern Conference Finals, well, if I'm the Suns looking at the Eastern Conference Finals, like who would you? Right. Be- who would you fear more, though? Would it would it be the Celtics? Would it be the Bucks? Who are you looking at? I don't think that they can beat the Celtics, uh, so they don't want to see them. I don't think that they can match up well against the Bucks, actually. Right. Um, and for that matter, they may have legit problems even with the 76ers that was my next one yeah uh-huh. i agree with you i don't think that they win the championship healthy or not healthy they they definitely will are the favorites they should be the favorites but favorites don't always win we just saw the bucks that not the bucks the bills not even make it to the afc championship game and they were the right. favorites to get there so quickly before we move to the super bowl because i know it is super bowl week and that is the pressing matter but let's talk quickly about the Lakers. Now, I was a huge D'Angelo Rus- Russell fan in his one year at Ohio State. Back then, I really liked rooting for the Lakers living in L.A. It was still the Kobe Bryant years. D'Angelo Russell came toward the end of that. I really thought he was one that could carry the torch. He really didn't last long. They traded him away once they knew they were getting Lonzo Ball, who I was not a fan of. And it's funny how, you know, everything comes full circle. Does, does this move the needle at all? Like, what does this do if you're a Laker fan? Like, are you pumped that you have, De- like, that's your answer? D'Angelo Russell is going to lead you to the playoffs? Because, Robert, I'm looking at this team still on paper, and I think they're lucky if they get into the play-in games. What about you? 
<laughs> right. So I guess it's your it depends on your perspective of what's a successful season this year for the Lakers. I always thought that this team is built to win a championship every year if you have LeBron James on it and Davis. So uh no, no, if, if you don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, you failed. Uh, and I don't see them making it to the Western Conference Finals this year, Ali. I don't. Well, I mean, look, could they, you know, if we look at the big three model, right, you know, how it all, it all started way back when, mm -hmm. I think that's a mix of Davis and James and Russell. Pretty darn good. Uh, but you need, I don't know, 10 games for them to get, you know, warmed up with each other. And then once that happens, you know, can they can they make a healthy run? I think they'll make it into the playoffs. I, I just don't think that we're going to see them in the Western Conference Finals. Not not this group, not at this time. Yeah, and just a few more trades coming through as the deadline nears. Obviously, from this morning, the Bucks get Jay Crowder. I think that is a nice pickup for them. Jarrett Weisman going to the Pistons. I don't know what that really uh, – James Weisman, excuse me, going to the Pistons. I don't know how much that helps them. But a few I uh, expect some more trades to come through before the deadline. Okay, enough of that. Let's go to the Super Bowl, which is the only thing I believe – Anyone will be watching come 3.30 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday. If you're not watching the Super Bowl, I don't know who you are. But, <laughs> Robert. Why are you listening? Why are you listening to this show if you're not watching the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, you know what? My one friend actually texted me the other day and was like, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? I'm going to a big Super Bowl party out here. My friend throws a big Super Bowl party every year. And I was just telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm going to a Super Bowl party. What about you? She's like, well, my roommate doesn't like football, so she's not watching the game. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you like football or not. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, how are you not watching it? But anyway, everyone has their preferences. People think I'm crazy because I don't watch the Grammys. I don't watch the Oscars. I don't watch any of that. But again, that's me. Anyway, Robert, let's go with the Chiefs and the Eagles. What are the odds looking like today? So uh, as we stand right now, and it's, it is teetering. It is teetering quite a bit. But as it is right this moment, Philadelphia Eagles, one and a half points favorite over Kansas City. The total is 51, Allie. So you and I is publicly known. We said it last week. We both like the Chiefs to win. I am sticking by that. Robert, I am actually a bit surprised how much of the consensus is on the Eagles. Are you? I am. Uh, and from the looks of the ticket count, and forget about the fireworks from early on. You know, obviously, when I put out a number, I, I put it out very early, uh, moments after uh, the AFC-NFC Championship weekend concluded. So the, the vast majority of my tickets by a, a tune of almost five to one are all on the Eagles at minus one and a half. There is one property now here in Nevada that finally went to Eagles two once again. But uh, yeah, ev everyone one and a half. But I... Uh, if I'm sensing a trend, it looks like it's creeping uh, even further away from Kansas City. On paper, Robert, I compared these two teams, and there's no question that on paper, the Eagles have the better all-around team. Their defense is far superior than the Chiefs' defense. Their offense as a whole, you know, including including receivers, including offensive line, I would give that edge to the to the Chief to the Eagles. 
The only way I wouldn't give an edge to the Eagles is probably in the coaching. I think Andy Reid is far superior to Nick Sirianni. But paper doesn't matter, Robert. We were just talking about that in the NBA. When I look at this game, I look at Patrick Mahomes, the combination of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid. They've had two weeks to dissect this Eagles team to watch video. Not saying the Eagles didn't do the same about the Chiefs, but there's something I feel like Andy Reid has found that is going to expose Jalen Hurts, force him to throw. Maybe, and I'm not saying that they have to dominate the the Chiefs offensive line. You're not going to get through that. But I have a feeling that they're going to devise a game plan that limits Jalen Hurts in this game. What do you think? Yeah, I, um, for fear of sounding like a broken record, Allie, you're right. Um, not only will they have their best efforts to, you know, create outside containment again on Jalen Hurts and keep him inside the pocket, but there possibly might be an opportunity to see if maybe he just doesn't have the shoulder to throw the deep ball to A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. I think that there's plenty of time for him to rest. And we'll probably find that out early as we want to see if he is able to air out a nice 40, 45 yard bomb, whether it's complete or not. Uh, But I I think that's what they're going to want to take a look at and see if his arm is there uh, at the very least, if they know that they can keep the outside uh, away from, from Jalen hurts, that's going to probably be uh, the the X factor in stopping them. Allie, you know, the, the thing that stood out to me the most is you know, obviously, if, if I can see it and, and you know, Andy Reid and his team inside the, the clubhouse is going to probably be able to see it as well, Allie. I, so, I agree with you, yep. You know, I, I think, look, how did the Eagles get here? You know, we, we know we could see it on, you know, on, on pro football reference or anywhere you want to look it up. Eagles, you know, beat the Giants, who beat the Vikings, you know, and, and the Vikings, we saw them as, you know, really – you know, kind of translucent type of an offense with a, you know, a record that they got that honestly, they they beat teams that they should have beat. And they, you know, and then the Eagle, obviously, so the Eagles beat the Giants. Then they beat the Niners who played without a quarterback for, you know, basically 58 minutes of the game. And it got out of hand. And once they started to pick up really short yardage type of situations where they were able to pick up touchdowns and the like off of uh, a shorter field, that leads to uh, you know <laughs> it's a mental game alley. You know the defense starts to look at like, wow, wait a second, I'm back out on the field again and yeah. again with this game scheme and again with the holes that they're making their way through, and it just becomes deflating and depressing to the point where their red zone became like super deadly, uh, and that's where the Eagles were. Just so, so efficient. It was in the red zone all postseason long. What am so, I getting at, Allie? Yes. Yeah. So it. look at the other side, Robert, because this is, and I've made this case multiple times to people that are rooting for the Eagles for in the Super Bowl or betting them. Everyone has said, well, when I bring up the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey factor, well, Pat Mahomes hasn't faced a defense like the Eagles defense. But Robert, conversely, I can argue, has the Eagles defense seen Patrick, a quarterback anywhere near Patrick Mahomes this season, which, which quarterback have they beat? They haven't had a face, a, not only Pat Mahomes, they haven't had a face of Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, a Lamar Jackson. 
these are just the teams that the Chiefs have faced and either beat or went up against really well all year. So is it fair to argue? I don't think the Eagles defense has been tested by the by a star elite quarterback in the league. What do you think? I completely agree with you, Ali. And that's that's the point there where I think Kansas City has a very significant edge. Uh, I mean, look, Hurts, he's he's got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Joe Burrow, you know, he's got, you know, Chase or Higgins. Mahomes has Valdez Gantling. Well, <laughs> I mean, look, Kelsey's the best in the game at tight end, right? Everyone ends up, you know, with, with a scheme that ends up in sadness when they game plan to double team them. It doesn't even matter. So what have they begun to do right now? Because, you know, clearly their, their wide receivers are, you know, second tier or worse. Uh, you know, but Mahomes makes it happen. He he gets he gets passes complete in, in ways that other quarterbacks don't. What also is happening now, Allie, is they're getting bigger. Yep. Kansas City is now moving, you know, two on the tight end at the snap, which is like almost like 50% more than, you know, double the chances of them lining up with two tight ends. So they're getting bigger. And that's making things really difficult on the defense to, you know, spread out and then able, you know, to give, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, quite an easy opening. And, and that's where he's absolutely feasting. So I think that's where, you know, Kansas City is going to have a, a big edge. They're going to have an opportunity to exploit Philly in that way, the way I projected at least. Yep, I totally agree. All right, well, let's make our predictions quick because we still have a lot to cover. What is your final score prediction in this game? And take into the account the over-under because that'll your final score prediction will say what which way you're leaning. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Let's let's cut right to it and bookmark this space. Kansas City wins thirty-one to twenty-eight, and so okay. that's a that's a dog outright cover and over the total for me. So I'm gonna go opposite with under. And I actually think it's going to be lower scoring, obviously, because I'm picking the under. But I'm taking Kansas City 24, Eagles 17. That's my final score prediction. And then let's obviously we have to tie it in because it's a big prop bet. But MVP, Robert, is Mahomes your pick? Right. What a great, great point here. Uh, It is. Uh, And how often do you see it? And literally right now, as I wrote the prop in, you know, will a quarterback be the MVP of the Super Bowl? Yes or no? The yes is minus 500. And if the yes is minus 500 and you have Kansas City winning this game, don't take plus a nickel. Mm-hmm. Just bet Mahomes to win the MVP because if Kansas City wins, it's because of Mahomes. He'll get the MVP. A couple extra nickels there for you from your uh, friendly neighborhood bookie. I <laughs> love that. I agree with you. I think it's Mahomes and you could take that one to the bank i think the chiefs <laughs> win i think it's the under and i don't want to you know what i'm the party i'm gonna be at there's gonna be quite a few philly fans so i'm gonna get go, get decked out in my new york giants jersey and <laughs> i just can't wait to to just t- laugh in their faces because i heard a ton of it when we lost to them so anyway let's move on robert to prop bets obviously this is the biggest bet game of the entire year is the super bowl and it's not just your money line it's not just your spread it's not just your total people love these prop bets whether they're football bets or not so really quick robert player prop bets 
Are there a few that stick out to you that you recommend for the audience? Yeah, I, I, I do, right? And so, you again, just like we did before, we need to really start to break down the Super Bowl and, and look at it from a perspective of a pie, right? And, and we have to figure out not what these players have done in the last game, last three games, last five games. Try to understand the how the game is going to ebb and flow, right? Obviously, the point spread's really tiny, which which means we're calling for a closer game. The total looks around five and a half touchdowns, so you have to factor that in, right? And so figure out just how often a team will pass versus how much they'll run. And if again, you just if you look this up, it's available to anybody. You can go ahead and to you know, search Pro Football Reference, and you could see during the regular season, the Kansas City Chiefs, of course, not counting punts, kickoffs, et cetera, they ran 1,068 total offensive plays. They attempted to pass 651 times, and then they ran the ball 417 times. Now we're to about 61% pass plays and 39% running plays. Philly, you know, they squeeze in a few more. They ran 1,080 plays. Of those, 536 were pass plays. 544 stayed in the ground for almost a 50-50 split alley. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, build from there. Know what they do and what their track record shows and have a feeling for what you say the game state and, and, and the snap counts you know, for all of these NFL player prop bets are going to look like. And yeah. if you see that this game is going to be close, well, keep that in mind. So you probably won't see you know, a, an awful lot of uh, you know, catches being made where it's going to probably be a, a significantly more diverse type of offensive attack than ever before. Meaning like uh, Gainwell, you're not going to see Gainwell outrush uh, Miles Sanders like 11 to one or whatever it was. That's not going to happen at all. Uh, only because the game's going to be significantly close. So that's where I start to unfold player propositions, Ali. That's from my perspective. How do you look at it when you see it? Is there one that really jumps out for you? So when when I look at player props, it, I'm similar with you. I see how I envision the game laying out. So how you mentioned, I think that it's going to be a game like we've seen we haven't seen before this year. It's going to be a lot of underutilized players, I think, making an appearance. And I'll start with Sky Moore. Sky Moore is one of the guys that he really is. He's a rookie from Western Michigan. A lot of people had high hopes for him. He really didn't do much this whole season. He doesn't even have a touchdown yet. But the last game, Robert, Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony went, both went down with injuries, putting him at the number two wide receiver place behind Valdis Scantling. He really only had three catches for 13 yards. But you're going to see Andy Reid utilize some of these lesser-known players, and I think that they're just going to dominate the headlines in this game sky Moore, anytime touchdown score plus 900 i'll take that right away i don't think you could get better value i think what better time to get his first touchdown of the year the chiefs are known to run plays that no one has saw coming that is one of my top prop bets as well as patrick mahomes over 2.5 passing touchdowns you get that at plus 140 right now i think he easily throws for three touchdowns I, I don't see the game really going in the hands of Jarek McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco. I think it's all about Mahomes. So those are two pro player prop bets for the Chiefs that I like. How about you, Robert? That's brilliant. And so take a look and see how you start to unfold this narrative. 
right? You like Kansas City, as do I, right? So that clearly aims at Mahomes having positive results on his propositions and those that he throws to. So Sky Moore, I, again, a, a really great value there for him to pick up an anytime touchdown. Another one to consider. Um, how about just the, the incredible pressure that these teams are going to be under to go for it on fourth down, yes. where every possession is really, really important here. So in most places, you can find total fourth down conversions, not how many the attempt, but conversions. Currently set at one and a half in most books. If you want it to go over that number, you're laying 170. So dig a little bit deeper. You look at the sample size. I think it's a little too low. Eagles, as we mentioned, pretty aggressive, especially on fourth down. They went for 32 times in the regular season and cashed in on 22 of them. That's an average of 1.8 fourth down attempts per game at a almost 69% success rate. Um, Eagles didn't attempt a fourth down against the Giants, but went three for three against the 49ers. Reed, a little bit more conservative, going nine for 12 on fourth, right? Or about 0.7 attempts at a 75% success rate in the playoffs. The Chiefs only attempted one fourth down, but got it against the Bengals. This one, I believe, goes over the one and a half threshold of conversions on fourth down. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's one that I do like there from, from a prop perspective. Hey, also, um, Miles Sanders is one that actually was, you know, we talked about him versus Gainwell and exactly in, in what pattern this game would go. So don't forget about how really effective he's been all year long and throw out the, uh, the game again against the Niners because it just was really, really a little weird. Uh, not so much looking for him to pick up a receiving touchdown, but if you look at his uh, uh, propositions to get a reception, and as a matter of fact, uh, I'm looking right here today at his total receiving yards. This is the one that I circled. Total receiving yards for Miles Sanders is set at four and a half. I think if it's a screen pass, he's got to just fall forward to pick up three. I think it gets to five. So I'm on a position where I like over four and a half yards, total receiving yards in the Super Bowl for Miles Sanders. So on the Sanders note, that's actually one of my prop bets is the under on his rushing yards. It's at 63 and a half right now. Yes. I do think that both Gainwell and Sanders are going to be heavily involved in the run game, but I th don't think it's going to be as explosive as they were against the Giants. I know the Chiefs are not known for their, their defense against the run. They actually struggle against the run. But I think they're going to be a bit buttoned up on this one. I think that they are going to try to take away the run game from the Eagles and force Jalen Hurts to throw, like we were saying earlier. So under 63 and a half for me, Miles Sanders rushing yards. And if I'm going to go with the rest of my Eagles prop bets that I like, again, Jalen Hurts, I don't think he, even though I think they're going to force him to throw, I think when he's on the run and in pressure, he's very inaccurate. He was helped out a lot in that San Francisco game. He had a lot of low throws. A.J. Brown hurled in that one. And obviously, Devonta Smith should have had that drop. That really was a drop, but they ruled a catch. But I saw him highly inaccurate at times in that game. So Jalen Hurts, under 21.5 class completions, is another one, Robert, that I like. What do you think? I, I love it, actually, because like you said, 
if you're looking at the output of this game and the pace that it's going to go at, uh, you're, you're unfolding it exactly the way this pie is going to grow up once you take it out of the oven. Excellent call there as well. And then let's just go more a few more game props and then we'll move on to the non-props. Sure. Non-game props. So I, I think that the result of the first Chiefs drive, I'm taking plus 375. The Chiefs will attempt a field goal over a touchdown. Let's not forget, Pat Mahomes still suffered a high ankle sprain a few weeks ago. He's going to be in the shotgun a lot. The Eagles still have a potent defense. I think they'll manage to drive down the field the Chiefs offense. I think they'll get stopped short of the red zone. In that case, I like Harrison Bucker to get the first score of the game as well with a field goal attempt. And I think that the first offensive play for the Eagles is going to be a run minus 125. I don't think they're going to come out throwing. They, they've won by running the ball all year. Why change it up? What are some other ones you like, Robert? Yeah, that's an excellent call there on, on the scheme of the game and, and how you see them, right? We just talked just a few minutes ago about what the uh, percentages are over the regular season for Kansas City and for Philly. It's a coin flip. And anytime you get a coin flip event where you're getting plus money, perfect way to angle it. So you're getting, in my eyes, very good closing value on that. So when you take a look at, you know, getting a game to simulate in your head and, and predict exactly how you're going to do it, form follows function, right? And props follow the game state. So uh, again, what we were talking about is how we want to draw the parallels for the NFL player prop bets into the game. And that's exactly what you want to do. So if you're still taking a look and you're kicking back and waiting, sounds great to me. Obviously, you know, those that are coming in, they're betting all the overs early, right? So if you're a contrarian, wait, wait, and wait again, because then you'll have your best price to bet the unders. Uh, and that's just the conventional wisdom of sports betting. It's uh, That's exactly how it goes. Once, the, all, once my lines are released, all the sharps come in and, you know, all the arbors come in and scoop up on all the overs. Uh, still, there's going to be plenty of value left to be had. And so that's exactly what we're looking to do here, uh, you know, with these game propositions. Um, can we just touch on really quickly the safety? Um, well, <laughs> the infamous you know, no Manning perfected that one. If he... <laughs> the infamous no safety prop bet. Okay, this has been around since, you know, the, the dawn of, of gambling and it generates a lot of interest. Uh Look, you're you're wagering large sums of money to win relatively little. Uh, you know, you're what you're basically doing is you're predicting, you know, just how many games in a safety occurred. So in 2021, there's only 13 safeties, right? Which is one out of every 21 games. Um, so it just doesn't happen, right? So, you know, right now, if I'm looking at my price, will there be a safety? Uh, the no is minus 2,500. You know, the yes is plus 1,100. And, you know, look, it, it, you're going to see value. I, I put that in quote on the no at practically every sports book that you go. Um, it, it's just, it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Despite the Manning fiasco that we all witnessed not too long ago, Ali. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Well, let's quickly go through some of these non-games prop bets because I know they're very popular as well. The only one I mentioned last week, or the week before that I really like betting is I always like betting what color the Gatorade is going to fall on the coach at the end of the game. 
In this case, Robert, it's going to be the Chiefs that are going to win. Everyone's going to probably bet red in that case. But I'm going with the traditional. It's going to be yellow Gatorade. That's my bet. What are your what are some of your non uh, game bets? Ali, if if I had to look through the landscape of this state that's called Nevada, I can't find one place that's going to even entertain putting up the non game props. But novelties are great, uh, and, and I sure do love them. And you could go ahead and, and take a look. So, how many colors of Gatorade exist today? Is it oh, four? Oh my gosh, I I can't even count. There's like mixed and all the colors of the rainbow plus 20. <laughs> so I'm going to just wish you all the, the, the greatest of luck in figuring out what they're going to pour over Coach's head. Uh, but I think, honestly, look, if you're looking, obviously, you'll, you'll look at the time of the game. You'll be looking at the time of the national anthem. Uh, you know, just just what, whatever you do. Please don't let your friends and loved ones lay minus a nickel on the coin toss. <laughs> uh, that is so much bogus. Like, I hate those bets. Hate those bets. <laughs> just, just don't give the books a layup on the juice on that. Coin flips are exactly that. These are even money bets. <laughs> yeah. It's, if you're not getting value, I don't see a point of betting some of those proposition bets. Like, you need to give me plus money on those, not even. Otherwise, then it's like you put $50 on the coin flip. To say heads, it's tails. You lost fifty dollars, and you didn't even have fun doing it. <laughs> no, 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 thank you. And now you're sad for the whole entire game. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Then you have to probably sit through like four minutes of the national anthem after that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one. It's it's not so much a novelty, but I I see it as one, and I love it because it generates a lot of pop, and and, and all my friends laugh hysterically when I post it up and and say they want a piece of it and. Come on in and bet it just because uh, it's my octopus problem. I love me throwing some octopus. And every time, look, we already said that there's going to probably be anywhere between five and six touchdowns in this game based on the prop number that I put up. The octopus, Allie, is if Kelsey scores a touchdown, there's your six points, and then gets the ensuing two-point conversion for a total of eight points for one player. Octopus. So... If you want to bet, I'll give you a prop that allows you to bet on will there or will there not be an octopus event in the Super Bowl. You may find this place. You may go ahead and see if you hit a control F and find your favorite book offering it. If you're getting 11 to 1 or 14 to 1, that's sadness. Come to Baldini's at least. I'm giving it 21 to 1 here at that price. <laughs> and you can bet the other side of it if you wish it you can say no there won't be an octopus you can bet the other side of it as well that's another thing you should look for make sure you always have the uh the opposite of that you know just you know, just to keep them in check very good i i would take that 21 to run one i might drive to reno tonight <laughs> <laughs> take that take that bet from you because i i think that's gonna happen i think that you're gonna see a two-point conversion hey you know see? what it's the Super Bowl. You're gonna have to get aggressive some way or another, especially if you're if you're down, then you're gonna have to find a way to convert. <laughs> well, that is our episode for today. I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl, whether you're rooting for the Chiefs or Eagles, or you don't care who wins as long as you win your bets. I'm totally with you on that one. I obviously will be betting and rooting for the Chiefs. My bias aside, I think that the Chiefs are a better team, maybe not on paper, but I think they will execute the game better. Robert, before we head out, any last thoughts or words for the audience? It's 
incredible that we've done so many dozens episodes and I'm going to repeat it and it can't be more important than it is in this particular episode. Do your homework, study up, build a narrative on the game and you'll find your final score. And from your final score, all of your answers to your propositions questions. Hopefully you get the final score right or else you lose all your propositions. <laughs> there is also the inverse of that as well that I've been victim of many a times. You going to go one way and then it's the total opposite. All right, everyone. Well, Robert and I will be back next week. We'll recap the game on Monday. I'll put some time on the calendar for us, Robert, to do that. We'll also be back next week. Hey, we're in the middle of basketball season, both NBA and college basketball. We got to get started, Robert, on some March Madness previews. There's still NFL to talk about as well. The, the coaching carousel is pretty much over, but I mean, Arizona still needs to hire their coach, but tons to talk about with quarterbacks. You have the free agency period up. There's never any downtime in sports talk, Robert, is there? Nope, never, ever. Absolutely right. And I'm, I'm already filling up my entire legal pad of things to talk about after football season. So hope to see you all around there and uh, bring your friends. Yes, well said. Thanks, Robert. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you.